UAB MedCast is an ongoing medical education podcast. The UAB Division of Continuing Education designates that each episode of this enduring material is worth a maximum of 0.25 AMA PRA Category 1 credit. To collect credit, please visit uabmedicine.org medcast and complete the episode's post-test. Welcome to UAB MedCast, a continuing education podcast for medical professionals, bringing knowledge to your world. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to UAB MedCast. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're examining the changing paradigm about older kidney transplant recipients. Joining me is Dr. Michael Hannaway. He's a professor of surgery and the surgical director of the kidney transplant program at UAB Medicine. Dr. Hannaway, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Please speak a little bit about what's changed or the increasing prevalence of older recipients for kidney transplantation. Obviously, transplant is changing. It's changing like the demographic is changing. It's changing like our population is changing. You know, back in the 70s and 80s and even early 90s, most of the transplant recipients were younger people. There were not as many diabetic patients. Uh, a lot of people had uh, diseases just of the kidney or glomerular diseases and things like that. So they tended to be younger and healthier. Over time, the demographic is changing. And we're having more and more people who were born in the 30s and 40s. The baby boomer generation is aging, and they're getting to the point where they're developing uh, other significant health problems. One of the uh, things that they're developing is kidney disease. And so we see more and more people who are older, uh, who are on dialysis or about to go on dialysis, who need kidney transplants. The majority of patients that we see these days are probably in their 60s. Um, between, I would say, easily between 60 and 70, we do see a good number of people in their early 70s uh, who we think could still benefit from a kidney transplant. Well, thank you for saying that because that leads us into my next question and speaking about patient survival and what they can benefit from. Can older individuals benefit from this reduction in mortality rate Compared with being on dialysis and improved quality of life, speak about that just a little. I think anybody, regardless of age, probably will do better with a successful kidney transplant than they will on dialysis. I think the one thing that's difficult to say is how long is somebody going to live with a kidney transplant if they're transplanted when they're older? Uh, Most people do not die because of kidney disease after a kidney transplant. They die from the same things the rest of the population dies from, which is uh, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and infections. Those are the top three causes of death after kidney transplants. So even with a very successful kidney transplant, uh, patients can die from other reasons. Uh, So really the question always becomes, uh, will there be a benefit? Uh, What is the risk and what is the benefit? That's uh, a question that we think about for all of our patients, but applies even more so to the older patients. What is the risk of them going through the surgery? What is the risk of them during the recovery? What is the risk of them after a transplant? Um, And what is the benefit? And the clear benefit for people is better quality of life because they don't have to go to dialysis any longer. Um, I have not really talked to anybody who liked dialysis, (laughs) who said they were really going to miss it. They may miss the people at their unit that they like, but they don't miss going. Generally, dialysis doesn't make you a lot healthier. Um, It's just going to make you, at best, about the same. But for a lot of people, they get worse. So, 
when you think about dialysis uh, and what that means for people, it means being tethered to a dialysis unit three days a week. It means not feeling very well on the days that you have dialysis and after you have your dialysis. Um, feeling better the next day, but then having to go back the following day. And so they're kind of on this endless roller coaster of feeling okay and not feeling well. Um, because they're tethered to that dialysis unit, it really means they can't travel. They can't go anywhere because it's almost impossible to get a dialysis slot uh, somewhere away from your own unit because um, they're all full. So it really means being uh, bound uh, to your home and uh, to your home area. Uh, being unable to travel. And for people who are older who have retired, they would like to travel and, you know, experience some of the things they always wanted to. Um, having a kidney transplant can allow them to do that. It helps them to feel better. They don't have to go to dialysis. They get off the roller coaster, and it gives them more independence and more ability to do the things that they want to do. The question for us is, do we think the risk is too high? As you know, when people age, they develop more medical problems. Sometimes it's uh, cardiac disease. People uh, can have uh, congestive heart failure. People can have uh, coronary artery disease. Um, sometimes they develop other health problems. Um, and those things uh, come to bear, you know, when we're thinking about whether or not their risk is too high with a transplant as far as the surgery and the recovery afterwards. So if somebody's older, even in their 70s, but they're in really good shape, we still think that they'll benefit from a kidney transplant and we think they should have one. Well, thank you for that very comprehensive answer. So how do immunologic, physiologic, and psychosocial, very important factors, influence transplant outcomes, Dr. Hannaway? Should they be recognized in the care of an elderly transplant patient? And can they help you to predict a complicated post-transplant course? Do you take into account all these factors? Well, we do. Um, as patients age... Uh, their immune system, like other things in their body, goes downhill a little bit. So their immune system is not as vigorous and strong in their 60s and 70s as it would have been in their 20s. So in a lot of situations, we're not as concerned about patients having rejection after a kidney transplant. We're probably more concerned about the other side effects of the medication, which is infection. So we think that, you know, as long as patients are taking their medications, um, they're probably going to do okay and are unlikely to have rejection. So that's a concern, but not as great a concern as it would be from somebody who's much younger. We have to make sure that patients are physically able to do this. we got to make sure that they are strong enough to be able to get around and help take care of themselves. If they walk in the hospital, we want to make sure that after their recovery, they're able to walk out of the hospital. Um, if patients are very weak when they come in or unable to walk or in a wheelchair, we think their risk of really being able to rehab after a transplant is not that great. So we have to take into account their physical status, their frailty, and um, uh, their overall health along with uh, other, other health problems like heart disease. Psychosocially, I think it's very important to make sure that especially older patients have lots of support. Um, they're going to really need a caregiver after their transplant to help them recover at home and to be able to help them get through this. Um, you know, the, the hospitalization and the recovery in the hospital is one thing, but patients are going to continue to recover at home for at least a couple of months afterwards, and it's important that they have the support necessary to help them prepare meals, get to the store, take their medications, um, get the physical therapy if that's something that they need. So those things are all 
definitely things that we take into account when we're considering whether or not somebody's a good transplant candidate. So here's a somewhat controversial question, Dr. Hannaway. Given the persistent shortage we've been hearing about of donor organs in the face of a steadily growing end-stage renal disease population, an, an older population that we're seeing, are there some important ethical issues concerning the allocation of scarce resources to older patients? Have you heard talks? Are there studies? What, what do you say about that? Well, it is a controversial topic. I will definitely say that. I think that uh, there are, you know, there has been a shortage of organs uh, when compared to the need based on patients placed on the wait list around the country, and that's been present since the 1980s. So that's not a new thing. It's just something that keeps getting worse. One of the things we have to take into account if we're going to put somebody on the waiting list is how long they can expect before they'll they'll get a kidney. If we have somebody who's 72 years old, but they may have to wait eight years to get a kidney, then chances are uh, they probably won't be as good a candidate at 80 after eight years on dialysis as they were at 72. So it does influence our decision-making somewhat because we don't want to put somebody on the waiting list and tell them they're going to get a kidney if we really don't think that that's possible. We do do encourage everybody uh, to try to find a uh, kidney from a living donor. Um, The big reason for that, especially for older patients, is it really shortens their waiting time. If there's somebody who could uh, donate a kidney to them, um, then, you know, then they may not have to wait on dialysis very long or be on dialysis at all. We did a transplant last week. It was a husband and wife. The husband donated to his wife. The husband was 68, and the wife was 68. <laughs> so we sometimes get asked questions about how old can a donor be, and it's it's not a question of chronologic age, how many years old they are. It's it's how healthy are they, and do we think that we can do this safely for them? So um, that's a good example of a situation where somebody wasn't on dialysis, was able to get a living donor transplant, and never had to go on dialysis. She's being discharged today. She had her surgery on Thursday, um, and she's doing well. Her husband went home yesterday. So it can work in those circumstances. Having a living donor can really help you out, though. Um, We do have other options out there for people who don't have living donors. One is the possibility of getting a hepatitis C kidney or getting a kidney from a donor who had hepatitis C. Um, We now have a number of medications that are very, very effective at treating hepatitis C. So we've been able to use these kidneys in patients and then treat them right afterwards with the anti-hep C medications and get rid of that hep C after about six to eight weeks of treatment. Uh, It's worked really great. And the benefit of that is that people can get a kidney faster. And we've seen some people who would normally have a waiting time of eight or nine years get transplanted after three or four years. So it can have a big difference. And because of that, we're willing to put some of these older patients on the on the waiting list that have had a long wait in the past. But we think that if they're willing to accept this kidney, they may not have to wait as long. We're also uh, fairly aggressive about trying to find kidneys from older individuals. So uh, donors uh, who people have passed away who are in their 60s, Um, and we think that it's a good kidney because that person was otherwise fairly healthy. Uh, We think that that's a kidney that might benefit somebody in that situation where they are older and they have to wait a long time to get a kidney, that they might be able to get a kidney a little bit faster and get off dialysis faster. So we're always looking for new ways to try to help some of these people get transplanted because a lot of the people we see in their late 60s and early 70s look really good when we see them. But If they have to wait too long to get a kidney, they may not look as good when the time comes. 
What a fascinating topic we're discussing today, Dr. Hannaway. Wrap it up for us. Tell us a little bit about your outcomes and what you want referring providers to know about UAB medicine, your multidisciplinary approach, and this changing paradigm that is older kidney transplant recipients. Well, I think our outcomes are very good. Um, we have, um, I think, some of the best outcomes in the country in terms of graft and patient survival, and it's been that way really for the last 20 years, so it's uh, it's not really changing. Uh, we've got very good people here. We've got a great group of transplant nephrologists um, and a very experienced group of surgeons who really help us do a great job for our patients. The one thing I would say to the referring nephrologist is if you have a patient that's in their 60s or 70s and they look really good, they look like they're in their 50s and they need a kidney transplant, we want to see them. We see people periodically that'll come in and say, well, I was told by my doctor I was too old to get a kidney, uh, but I finally came in anyway, and they look fantastic. So it can happen. It's not really about how many years old you are. It's about the type of shape that you're in. And if you're in good shape, you can still get a kidney. Great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Hannaway, for joining us today. A community physician can refer a patient to UAB Medicine by calling the MIST line at 1-800-UAB-MIST. And that wraps up this episode of UAB MedCast. For more information on resources available at UAB Medicine, please visit our website at uabmedicine.org physician. Please also remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other UAB Medicine podcasts. I'm Melanie Cole.